Okay. Our conversation today kind of stems from a discussion I was having with my son. And he was saying there's no way that the voting systems in this next election and the one after that are going to be secure, that they're just going to be hacked and that's that. (laughs) And I said, no, no, I had this discussion with you and things were under control and we have all these computer experts who are in New Mexico and things would be fine. And he said, you're dreaming. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided to come to the source again. But I want to talk a little bit about what we've said before. I understand that we have a paper system, mm-hmm. which other states had, had sort of gone back to, but that it isn't just a backup for us. That's the actual vote is the paper system. Right. Right. So one of the advantages that we have in terms of protecting the security of our election system is those paper ballots. And yes, the vote that is cast on the paper ballot is the vote. We use the electronic we call them tabulators, the optical scan tabulating systems, to count the votes and to do it in a quicker, more efficient manner. Because if we were relying on human beings to count all of those votes, it would take weeks for us to get final election results. But we do rely on those paper ballots as the final say. So if there is ever a question about whether or not our voting systems were tampered with, we can always go back to that paper record and count them by hand if necessary. And sometimes we do do that because we do a random spot check, a post-election audit after every general election anyway, just to make sure the machines weren't tampered with and the results are accurate. Okay. I sort of have two questions coming out of that. One of them is that we do do a hand count if the vote is really close and that My understanding is that candidates can ask for that to be done. Mm -hmm. And if it's not close, they have to pay for it or something like that. Mm -hmm. But from what we've heard, it looks as though it may be that if something's tampered with the system, it won't be close. It'll be way far apart. I mean, that's what happened. That's what they noticed in some of the states where they think something went wrong, that the vote was way far apart and it was in the favor of the person who wasn't supposed to be winning. So I wondered if you have any plans to do a sample, especially when there's a big difference in the vote. So we do. And one of the ways in New Mexico, in which in (laughs) which New Mexico, well, New Mexico is way ahead of the game on this. And I believe it was 2007. We passed a law. So the year after we had the paper ballot system implemented here to do this random spot check uh, that I just mentioned. And we originally had it as sort of a flat 2% across the board. And a couple years later, we changed the law to address this very scenario that you're talking about, such that depending on the, you know, the wideness of the outcome, we will audit more precincts in a scenario where more precincts or more machines would have been tampered with. And we will audit fewer in a scenario where fewer precincts or machines needed to be or could have been tampered with in order to affect the outcome. So in other words, it's a it's based on statistical probability. And we have somewhere around a 90 percent, you know, to use a statistical term, confidence level that by choosing a certain number of precincts, we can feel confident about the outcome. And if 
the counts, those hand counts are off. And if they're significantly off from what those machines told us originally, then we will count more ballots by hand. And if those continue to be off, then we can go all the way and up to a full hand recount. Okay. So that scenario you mean that for the whole state or for, for the, the whole district? for the whole state wow. and, and for the office that's being counted. And so that very scenario that you just proposed is already contemplated in our state statute and already provided for and will happen automatically after the general election. Great. Yeah. So does that mean that you'll hand count a, a certain some precincts in every district? Not necessarily. The way the formula is based in the statute is that, again, depending on the wideness of the outcome of certain races, certain precincts get picked at random. And, and oh. we, we literally use a, a 10-sided die to select those precincts. We'll, we'll roll these dice and come up with the number. And um, so sometimes we'll have, you know, one precinct in Grant County and three precincts in Doniana and 12 precincts in Bernalillo, but they'll all be randomly selected precincts. So that usually gives us a good random picture of the entire state, which is a good microcosm. Okay, good. Now, the other question I had, and a lot of these questions are coming from the article that was in 538, that was sort of the impetus for my son saying you're dreaming. And one of the things they said was that the tabulator machine, even though the the voting machines are not connected to the internet, so they can't be tampered with, that the tabulator machine could be tampered with because it could be connected. Mm -hmm. And they even say that if anything, if something that has once been in a computer that is mm -hmm. on the internet, then it could be, it could have something, malware or something introduced. So that's the next question. So what I say to that is that I think... If, if you're a person who's ever laid awake at night, you know, <laughs> dreaming of or not dreaming, having nightmares or waking, waking dreams about all the terrible things that could happen, as most of us have at some point in our lives, you can probably come up with a scenario like this. And the reality is that and, and this is a good reality in a lot of ways, that our nation's voting system is highly decentralized. And not only is each state responsible for managing elections at the state level, each county is responsible at the county level. We have different systems all throughout the country, and they're locked up and they are looked after and there's security around those systems. And so we have tons of mechanisms in place and tons of redundancies in place to protect those kinds of things from happening. But I come back to this, and it's an advantage we have in New Mexico that we don't have, that some places don't have, which is that we always have that paper ballot and we always have a post-election audit in case exactly that doomsday scenario that you just described were to ever occur. And that's exactly why we do that. You know, it would be really easy to, I guess, ignore the possibility. But the reality is that, you know, this is a human process and we can't control for every possible little thing that could ever happen. But what we can control is what we do after the fact to check and see if something did happen okay. and, and make sure we get it right if it did. But how would you know? I mean, it may be that it, it wouldn't look like anything. How you would know is you compare 
the actual hard copy of the ballot and how the voter voted to what the machine counted and to what was fed into the results reporting system on election night. So those results that everybody sees on election night come from a little thumb drive or, you know, basically in a voting machine. And if that voting machine was affected by malware or programmed incorrectly or hacked or what have you at any point, or if that thumb drive were at any point, we would be able to tell the difference between that paper count, paper ballot count and those results that were published. Okay, so Mm -hmm. it's the random audit that is our backup system. That is exactly right. Okay. That is exactly right. Okay, so because that is what they're thinking is the thumb drives are the things that may be affected and you wouldn't think about that. Right. One of the things they said in the article, they talked about a company that that was proven to be hacked, apparently, Mm -hmm. called VR Systems, and I wanted to check and see if we were dealing with them. No, we don't do business with them here in New Mexico. We do have a number of election vendors that we work with. And we are working very closely with them, of course, in terms of security protocols as well. And I think I may have mentioned this the last time I'm on this national organization under the Department of Homeland Security, the Government Coordinating Council, working to develop these security protocols for elections around the country. And we also have a a group of of election vendors at the table that are working on their side of the equation as well. So thankfully, not VR systems in New Mexico, but the rest of the vendors are are hard at work figuring out what they need to do to shore things up as well. That's good to get them in on things. Yeah. Okay. Then another thing I wondered, because this was an issue at at one point when we were talking about, I think it was when we were going to electronic voting at one point. And so I wondered how old our machines are, because that's that can be an issue. Sure. Well, we just went through a complete upgrade of our voting systems in 2014 in New Mexico. So we actually have a fairly new fleet, if you will, <laughs> of voting technology. Before that, we were working with like 1980s technology, mm-hmm. kind of like the old Scantron machine technology. Mm-hmm. Now we're using optical character recognition scanners. That is a, a newer technology. It captures images of the ballot. Um, So we have a lot more bells and whistles on our systems than the older machines. So we're ahead of the game there, too. In New Mexico, a lot of these states haven't even replaced their old 1980s or before technology. So we're in pretty good shape here. Okay. Okay. That's good. I wondered whether you are working with, I mean, we we have, I'm sure we have people who are really smart about computers in New Mexico Mm -hmm. because of the labs and because of the kind of technology that people Mm -hmm. are interested in. And I wondered if you had sort of called from people like that as uh, advisors or anything. Absolutely. In fact, so I've worked closely for years with an organization called United Voters of New Mexico Verified Voting of New Mexico, which is a branch of the National Verified Voting Organization. And there are a number of people here locally that are a part of that group that have that computer science background. And one individual who's been extremely active in New Mexico and who actually helped us develop our post-election audit laws here Mm. is a gentleman by the name of Paul Stokes. He used to be a a nuclear inspector, you know, uh, and go out around the world and inspect nuclear programs. So we have a lot of brain power, advisory brain power at work. And he's really, I and I think that group in general, both locally and nationally, has helped 
us be ahead of the curve here in New Mexico in the way that we are. Okay, good. I think he also used to be on the board of KUNM. Oh, great. See? <laughs> radio board. <laughs> Renaissance man, that Paul Stokes. <laughs> Another thing that was kind of interesting in this article was they said they expected that the Russians or whoever, because other people might be trying to mess with the elections, would focus on states that were, were Democratic and had a high Hispanic vote. And so it seems like that makes us a a target. Sure. Although, you know, another way, again, not to brag on us too much, but it's it's hard not to in this regard. Um, New Mexico, both at the, you know, at the state level in particular, has been working very diligently to shore up any network vulnerabilities that it has. So in particular, what we're talking about there is our our statewide voter registration system that's hosted and maintained by the Secretary of State's office, making sure that we have really good hardware and software in place to detect and correct any vulnerabilities or any attempts to penetrate our systems. We're working together with Department of Homeland Security to make sure um, that we're employing all the full tools and resources available to us from the federal government to do that. And we just received, as every state did, a grant from the federal government. In New Mexico, we're receiving about $3.7 million to further improve and harden our systems and make them more secure. And so what we're doing there is we're we're continuing We're continuing on the path we have been at the state level, and we're also going to pass this down to the county level to make sure each of our individual counties uh, and the county clerk's offices have their systems as fully protected as possible. So, uh, you know, I can't, I can't, I'm not allowed to, I should say, say a lot of specifics about what we're doing because you don't want to, you don't want to wave the red flag and and invite any nefarious activity. But I have a high level of confidence that we're doing everything that is in the realm of possibility for us to be able to do. So I feel pretty good about where we are. So when you talk about system in that case, Mm -hmm. you're talking about registration, not the voting. Right. And, you know, because again, the, the, you know, there's two different systems. We have a system with which is our voter registration database. So every voter's name and their information where they live and where they're eligible to vote. And that is a network-based system. That is an internet-based system because every single county in the state is plugged into that system. Mm-hmm. But our voting systems are standalone. And our voting the the tabulators, the vote counters are standalone. And those are decentralized and those are never hooked up to the internet. But it could be that if someone got into our registration system, as I think may have happened in Florida or some places mm-hmm. where people knew they were registered and when they showed up that day mm-hmm. they didn't have the material that they should. Mm-hmm. So if that were to happen, I'm sure you're ready for that. Right. So again, we have a lot of redundancies in place and then I would refer to, you know, kind of like paper ballots, it's a very low-tech solution to a high-tech problem. We have another low-tech solution to that problem which is we have the provisional ballot process here in New Mexico. So if if in the you know wild circumstance that our voter registration database were to be tampered with and people's information were to be changed, we can issue provisional ballots and then on the back end make sure that they are qualified and counted. So we do have all these different high-tech and low-tech low redundancies working together to prevent a failure of our election system. Are you planning to send something out or are the county clerk's going to send something out to tell people that they're registered and where they're supposed to vote? or something like that. I think some 
sometimes that's happened. So when I was Bernalillo County Clerk, we used to do that every election. And we really had the resources to be able to do that kind of voter education at the county level. I hope the current clerk continues to do that. It's a lot harder and more expensive to do it at the state level, especially as we're still digging out of uh, the Great Recession. And we've been really struggling in our office with having the funds that we need to do what we need to do. But what we are doing is doing tons of voter education on the internet, on our website. We have a Facebook page, a Twitter page, and just trying to get any opportunity we can, like this to speak to folks and and let them know what the deal is, what we're doing, how they can go to our website and look up their voter registration information and make sure that it's accurate and make changes if they need to. I guess I was more thinking that some people may have forgotten that they're registered to vote. Yeah, and that happens sometimes. And, um, you know, not even think and maybe get to the point they want to vote, but they forgot that they actually registered. Sure. And they can anybody can literally check at any time on our uh, secretary of website state website. Just Google New Mexico Secretary of State. And we have a voter information portal. And if you put in your registered name and birth date, it'll pull up your record. And and if you're registered, it'll tell you and where you registered, your address, um, your precincts, your districts that you're eligible to vote in. And if you don't find yourself in there, then that means you're not and you need to get registered. And then you can do it through our online portal if you have a New Mexico driver's license or ID. So you don't even have to get up from your computer desk (laughs) or your bed if you have a laptop (laughs) to do all that. Do you have candidates who are contacting you and asking you these questions because they're worried? You know, it's interesting. Candidates are much more worried about their individual elections. And I'm hearing much more more from candidates about making sure that they are following the law when it comes to campaign Mm -hmm. finance and all of their campaign activities. What that tells me is that candidates have a pretty high level of confidence in our election system. But with that being said, it is of concern to the general public and it is of concern to us as election officials. We want to I think my colleague in Minnesota said it the best. We we want to straddle the line between raising the alarm and sounding alarmist, right? We 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 want to make sure people know what's at stake, what we're doing, but also we don't want people to be overly concerned. So we'll, we talk with folks about it when we have the chance, but I haven't really heard a lot of candidate concerns okay. about this. I wonder about working with the county clerks because we're as a state we're only as strong probably as our our weakest county and it's important that they all be feel as though we're waiting for the answer we're waiting for the votes to come in you yes. know that we care what what comes in from all the counties and right. stuff so how are you working with them well there's such a an integrated and integral relationship between the county clerks and the Secretary of State's office. It's our responsibility in my office to provide the county clerks with the tools and resources they need to do their job. And I view that in a variety of ways, providing them with guidance about, you know, how to do the the functions of their jobs, but I also am taking on this election security piece under the auspices of the office and so helping provide resources to them to make sure that their systems are hardened to give them the tools that they need and resources that they need to do those things and to provide them with training. Um, So we're doing all of those things with the county clerks and helping them make sure that they have the best security systems in place as well. And what's their reaction? Are they excited about this? Um, 
I, that's a good question. I think that the county clerks acknowledge that this is a concern, but, you know, a lot of our county clerks, particularly in the smaller rural counties in the state, have so many things to do um, with so few staff and resources. You know, I can walk into probably, let's say, the DeBaca County Clerk's Office on any given day, and I'll find the county clerk there processing a voter registration and then turning around and issuing a marriage license and then going out and, and staffing a county commission meeting. So they have a lot on their plate, and this is one thing that we can help try to take off their plate, a concern that they probably have in the back of their mind, but they may not even have the time or the bandwidth to try to deal with. Okay. Yeah. Can you tell me what uh, what is something that I haven't even thought of? What what am I supposed to be worried about might happen between now and the election? You know, what's the the next wrinkle to come? I would urge voters not to spend a ton of time worrying about the election process. That's my job. That's what I'm elected to do. That's what the county clerk's jobs are. And I want to assure the voters of the state that we are literally working on this every single day to make sure that we are doing everything possible. I think the voter's job in this upcoming election is to be thinking about the choices that they're going to make at the ballot box, be prepared to vote when they get there, do their homework, do their research, try to avoid fake news. We also know that the Russian state has been highly invested in misinformation campaigns and trying to really divide us as a nation and try Mm -hmm. to sow discord. And so being mindful about the information you're consuming and, you know, if something sounds too good to be true because you really hate the person that it's about, and wow, they must really be that awful. You know, check that source, check that information out. Or if it sounds like your hero could never be such a horrible person, check that out, you know, and really engage in in civic discourse and dialogue and civil discourse and dialogue. I think the best thing we can do as Americans is be educated voters, talk to each other civilly, and really embrace each other as fellow New Mexicans and Americans and um, not let the other side win. Uh, That sounds great. (laughs) I want to just clarify something, because you said that you're working with the the Department of Homeland Security. Mm -hmm. But when this other voting commission started a while ago, and they asked you to be part of it, you refused to give that Mm -hmm. information to the federal government. So let's just make sure that we make a difference between those two. Sure. So the the president's Voter Fraud Commission, as he literally termed it, was basically being used to try to prove the false accusation that he's made more than once. And the false accusation is that literally millions of ineligible or or illegal votes were cast in the 2016 election. And they were going to try to prove that by getting personal, private voter data from all of the states in order to make false comparisons among that data. And I felt very strongly then, as I feel now, that personal private voter data should not be used to advance that type of A, false narrative, and B, overtly political agenda. And by the way, it's also protected by state law here in New Mexico. Another the, good state. Law. Yeah. The, 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 
task force or, or, or council that I'm serving on is an advisory council to the Department of Homeland Security about how they can better use the resources at the federal level, the intelligence resources, the technical resources that they have to help us make sure that our systems are secure. And so I'm one of eight secretaries of state and a number of other election officials that are sitting at the table with Homeland Security, with the FBI, with other national agencies agencies that are working on these issues to tell them, this is what an election is. These are the systems that we utilize. This is the information that would be important to us. This would be the best way to provide us with that information. These are the best people to provide it to. So this is actually a much more proactive, useful advisory body to be a part of rather than, you know, that benefits everybody rather than pushing up a, a false political narrative. Okay, good. Yeah. Something else I wanted to, cl- that has sort of been in the news, and I think we don't have to worry about in New Mexico, is former felons voting. Mm -hmm. But didn't we pass the law that says that after you get out of jail, you can vote? We do. So once a a person who's committed a felony has completed all the terms of their sentence, and so if they've been released from jail and then they had probation and parole and, you know, community service and what have you, once they've done all of those things, they do have their voting rights restored. We still have challenges in New Mexico with making sure that we have accurate, up-to-date data in that regard, and I talk to voters all the time who say, you know, I committed a felony, but I completed the terms of my sentence years ago. And when I went to register, your system says that I was ineligible. And we have to work those cases on a one-on-one basis. It's a challenge that we need to continue to work with with our corrections department to try to get that accurate data. But, right. but the truth is that these voters do have the right to vote once they've completed all of those terms. And so working to make sure that those voters are educated and know about their rights and know how to get them restored is vitally important. Good. And that's in New Mexico. That's yes, ma'am. New Mexico law. Okay. How's registration going? It's going okay as usual because we're leading up to an election. You know, we're, we're seeing the typical uptick. For folks who don't know, our upcoming primary election on June 5th, the voter registration deadline closes for that on May 8th. So we're within a couple of weeks of that deadline. And you have to be a registered Democrat, Republican, or Libertarian this year to vote in a um, primary election. And so I think a lot of activities happening around that. Another, you, you mentioned earlier, how can folks check to see if they're registered to vote at all, I would recommend that folks go to our website and not only check to see that they are registered, but how they're registered if they're planning to vote in a party primary. And you think you're a registered Democrat, go double check that and make sure there isn't any inaccuracy in your record with time so you can get it fixed before that May 8th deadline so that you can vote. Okay. Yeah. Great. I'm talking to Maggie Toulouse-Oliver, our Secretary of State, and I'm not dreaming. I think we're in pretty good shape. I do too, but the proof is in the pudding, right? We'll, We'll see what happens during the election. Again, I'm mostly confident in our backup systems, you know, and the redundancies that we have in place, because my confidence is that if anything else were to fail, we have those in place. We have a plan to deal with those things. And it's a good plan. So I can sleep at night about our elections knowing that. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Thank you.